The Friday Profile. Uh, 11 minutes past two. Gosh, we're just catching up about a recent day that we were both a part of. My guest is Liako Mukwene, and she is the founder, co-founder of uh, Made with Rural. And she joins us now in studio. She's an agribusiness entrepreneur. And um, she was also named one of the Mail and Guardian's 200 Young South Africans to look out for um, 2016. She's also a fellow TEDx Johannesburg speaker. So we were just talking about the experience and just how that day was. Um, but it's 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 not every day, you know, that a kitchen experiment turns into a community empowering initiative, and that's really what makes her story so unique. Uh, both her heritage and, of course, just the willingness to dare to see the gap and to want to improve the lives of others. It's such a pleasure to have you here. Thank you, Azza, and congratulations for all of this. Oh wow! Thank you, <laughs> thank you so much. You know, when you are in the heat of it, you don't get to look back and say, I've really done yes. some awesome stuff for the people out there and for yourself, of course, but thank you. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you here. So you originally come from the surrounds of Mahiking. Yeah, I grew up there. Mm-hmm. I was born in Makapanstad village wow, um, yes. in Hammersgrau. I'm mm-hmm. a villager at heart. And so <laughs> my people are also from there. That's why I've got this big oh, smile. Wow. Back, I'm like, yes, keep going. Northwest, yes, Kimutswana. So mm. I am from there. Um, and then when I was three years old, my parents moved to Mahiking. Back then, it used to be called Mafiking. Yes. Yeah. So I yes. schooled there. I did most of my schooling in Mafiking. I just we moved when I was in grade eleven. I was standard nine at the time. Mm. Yeah. So, but my heritage, my everything. Is, is part of that is, part of the world. Yeah. But you're also from a lineage of both subsistence and commercial farmers. Tell yeah. me about your forebears and what they were doing Ooh, with the land. My forebears had it tough. Yeah. They really had it tough. Um, my maternal side of the family are farmers at heart. So my great-grandparents were sharecroppers. My grandfather wrote a book. So all of that is documented in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were sharecroppers uh, back in the days. They couldn't own the land or if they really wanted to own the land, you know, it would be taken away from them. So that's that's where the story comes from. Um, and the nagging. For me, I didn't even know why agriculture. I didn't even study it, but I guess it's in the blood. When you tell me about that nagging. Yeah, the nagging feeling of, you know, this thing you have to do. But you come to Johannesburg, you're looking for... For quick money. Mm. <laughs> it's the city of gold. After Lots all. of people, your generation left, mm. you know, or people leave, young people leave to mm. look for opportunities here. Yeah. But yours, your nagging said you're staying right here. No, my nagging was there. I, I ignored it. I totally disregarded it. And, um, you know, my, then my grandfather wrote a book and I'm reading about my family, you know, how, how they grew up sharecroppers. And my father also went to a farm school, how after school, you know, just to live on the farm, the kids and the parents need to, to be working there for the boer then at the time. You know, and then he'll also tell me these stories. And, um, you know, eventually they managed to come out of that sharecropping arrangement mm. and buy a piece of land for the family, mm. you know, to just start off as subsistence farmers. So can you imagine the pride? Everything is like, oh my gosh, now we stand a chance to, you know, in the future, if not us, then our kids and, you know, generations coming after them to be able to, to grow into commercial farming. Yes, yes. So this was in Pretoria, you know, there by Ludwig Roses, that side, mm-hmm. um, a place called Valmanstal. 
So, yeah, so they got this piece. And so how big is this piece? How big is the land you're farming? Well, the total farm is about 1,400 hectares that they had at the time. Yeah. But um, So it was them and many other families that were just buying in that area. Uh, but soon after then, you know, the apartheid government moved them um, forcefully. Mm. Um, as a result, my mother doesn't even have pictures of herself as a, as a baby, you oh. know. Um, so, yeah, so they were forcefully removed, whether you have your personal documents or not, sorry for you, time to mm. go, get on the truck, out, out you go. Mm. So most of them were moved to the Soshanguve, Hamanskral, Winterfeld area, where my grandfather uh, is still there. Um, and then, yeah, then they built a military base there. Mm. Um, but, you know, years after we did a land claim, and yeah, we've just been awarded the place back, but obviously it's not the same. There's a military base yes. on site. Yes. Um, but all of them, they buried there. Uh, my great grandparents and family. Mm. Is, you know, whoever dies, like who's been dying in the past five gets years, buried there. gets buried there because yeah. you know that's home. And and they also understand the aspirations. The farming thing is is in all of us. Yes. I mean, yeah. And you decided to to listen to this nagging to stay and make something of it. You started off, of course, working and farming before you got to the processing end of things. Mm-hmm. What are some of the hurdles? Sure. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. Um, it's a very capital-intensive industry. Um, so you do it because you want to do it. I mean, you're not going to wait forever for someone to fund it yeah. if you don't have the funds, you know. So you find ways, but um, capital is the main thing because you have to almost have everything up front, yeah, your production inputs, I mean, your tractors, your irrigation stuff, seedlings, and all of those things, fertilizers. You need to have those up front mm-hmm. and land also, it's needed upfront electricity that comes with that, boreholes, all those things. Yeah. And that takes a lot of money. And then you have to wait three months in the case of crops for them to grow. And you're not earning in mm-hmm. those three months. And you have uh, laborers or workers, you know, on, on the farm. They're not going to say, okay, boss, we're waiting for three months. You'll see us after then. No, yeah. you have to pay for the salaries each and every summer while you wait. Mm-hmm. And there's all, also the, you know, market that you have to think of, you know, the packaging and ways to get to that market because there's a whole lot of brokenness mm. in the system. Mm. You know, even if you are farming in, in, in Hamanskra, mm. the people there are already thinking, I'm going to buy a pick and pay or they expecting that pick and pay standard, you know, to come from any person who wants to sell to them. So you have to pitch yourself at that level or have the patience to educate yes. and people must relearn some of the things yes. like packaging. Like vegetables actually. don't come out of the ground you, when yeah. organically grown. They don't come they, out of the ground looking perfect. Perfect. Yeah. And they don't just jump and fall into a packaging thing. It's destroying our environment mm-hmm. also, you know. So you have to also educate and educate, you know. And and, and for people to also understand, it doesn't have to look glossy. Something was done to it to look that way, yes. to last that long. Yes. You know, it's meant to be eaten almost like in two, three days or so yeah. after being picked. So, yeah. I know that in, in on this platform, on Made With Rural, you have identified the challenges, of course, that small-scale farmers experience, mm-hmm. you know, route to market and things like funding, mm-hmm. but also just the scattered nature yes. of, of their operations that mm-hmm. need support that need streamlining for this to be mm-hmm. a more efficient uh, uh, process. And that's where you really come in. But I'm really struck by what you are saying about the consumer end of things. I'm a huge advocate for uh, conscious buying, mm-hmm. you know, knowing where 
the food comes from, where your clothing comes from, is, is who is, made it, who is grew it, it benefiting the local economy yeah. ultimately mm-hmm. in what I, I do with my money? Even with the choices of places where you stay, do you mm-hmm. stay in a place which is giving back to uh, the community that surrounds it and that sort of thing? So mm-hmm. that just that conscious buying. Yes. So there's a lot of work. There is a lot that, of work, and mm-hmm. I've realized you can't do it on your own yeah. or as a standalone company. You can't. Um, I came together then with um, a gentleman called Ronnie McKenzie. We started an organization called Farmers United of South Africa. Mm-hmm. She said, you know what? We have to honestly unite as farmers and deal with these both sides. You know, we have the supply side and we have um, the demand side and both needs to be educated. Yeah. And if we are together united as farmers, as a group, we can then be able to start our own parallel system because what's out there is mm. honestly not created for us. It's not for small people. It's not for up and coming farmers. It's not for, you know, it's, it's something that was um, put together by commercial farmers for commercial farmers. And government's efforts, because they've come about, they've, they've also initiated different programs in the past. Not many of them have succeeded, which is also very difficult yeah. to accept that we've put money into co-ops and into yeah. various platforms that, 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 that have been spearheaded or created by government. So even those efforts have not no, allowed you, know, you to have an um, easier access. No, the efforts are coming, you know, they're coming as circles onto squares okay that's the problem the problem is we really trying to fit these objects in things that don't have our blueprint in a way Mm -hmm. so you almost have to go and overhaul the system give me an example an example would be uh the land bank or it would be the fresh produce market okay right the fresh produce market government is the landlord they they own the buildings so they lend lots to market agents, market agents that are supposed to take product from farmers mm. across the board. Mm. But obviously, money talks, right? So if you are a small grower and there's a, a commercial grower coming in with truckloads and truckloads, hello, yeah. am I going to focus on selling your You'll one ton yes. or on, on, on that? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that I'm talking from experience. Mm-hmm. I've, I've seen it happen. I've documented um, such events. They've happened. They happen on a daily basis. So as a collective, then you have better bargaining power. As That's a collective, yeah. But we realize that we can't go and sell there mm-hmm. on that platform. You know right. what I mean? We have to create our own platform that takes people like you who are conscious buyers, who understand that, yes, we, we are very ethical farmers. We grow food, this food responsibly. We're not putting any harmful things, you know, in the mm. food and mm. things like that. Mm. We know what we're doing. Mm. And um, there, are, there are things in place. You know, we've put systems in place, like Made With Raw goes out every single week to visit the farmer on our network and check you know, that you're doing things properly. We, we've got agronomists that work with us. We've got extension officers that are there on the ground every single week, yeah. you know, uh, seeing farmers and helping farmers grow things properly and growing their businesses, taking care of the business side of things as well. So we're not going to sell you something that doesn't, you know, meet the standard. It mm-hmm. does meet the standard. It's just that it doesn't meet a European standard. Mm-hmm. But if you look across the continent, South Africa is the only country really that... You know, you know, we we very dependent on yes. on very few yes. commercial growers. Instead, in Africa, 
small scale farmers are making it. They're we drove making to it. Mozambique the one time and I was just struck by how every homestead has its garden has its own garden that obviously you're able to trade with other people. It feeds you, it sustains you. Mm. And just as a collective, it sustains. And yes. you may be growing different things, similar things, whatever mm. it may mm. be. But I don't see that uh, enough here. in South Africa. No, you know, here we hear we... about initiatives where you, we could grow on the pavements, for crying out loud, yeah. so that food is just more readily accessible. Mm. But yet we talk about malnourishment, we talk about hunger, and yet land is standing. You drive to our rural areas and people still want to go and buy it's it's a mindset thing. Right. We have we have to change that. So we we almost have to go out and educate and you know on a very serious note. Mm. And and but if you look at the parallel um, market um, system that is happening in terms of the hawkers, it's totally different. Yes, and that's what irks me. It's really totally different. Um, if you go to a pick and pay. Oh, a retail store <laughs> in the township or in the rural areas. It's a whole, it's a totally different setup. Mm -hmm. A bulky load that's uncovered can fully reverse there and, and that spinach or cabbages will be taken in. No yeah. questions. Yeah. Try that in Hyde Park. Good luck. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Not going to happen. But it's the same brand that's all over and that our people trust so much in that is doing that, you know. So for me, it's, it's, it's something that I'm saying, no, I can't stand by and watch. You know, I work in, in, in agriculture, I work in the food industry. I see what happens to some of that food. If you go to the to city deep and as a farmer and you take your produce there or any farmer for that matter, if you take your food there, day one, if it sells, you might fetch the price, but yeah. it's not guaranteed it's going to sell. Day two, if it sells, the price drops a bit. Day three, it gets dumped. Mm. Now, is it rotten? No, it's just not um, appealing to the eye, you know? Mm. Yeah, so it's almost like aesthetics things, you know? Is it round enough? Is it the color right? Mm -hmm. all, all of those things. But if you really think about it, you can still take those tomatoes and make the gravy. You even need them that overripe. Mm. But for us on the producing side, we have to... Supply it in a champagne color right. because it needs to travel for so many days. You know, there's, it's almost like you're selling people mileage, you're selling people packaging more than the actual fruit. Right. So if we relearn some of these things and expose our minds to that, we can have that conscious buying, you know, uh, and users can, can now begin to even pester the, the retail uh, people to get more Absolutely. produce from, from, from up-and-coming growers. Yeah, consumer you know, to, power to yeah. do that. That's such an interesting point. Um, you started off farming chili, and now you're also down the line, the value chain in processing. Mm -hmm. um, what's the name of your chili again? And people can find it at Spa, <laughs> right? Is it still there? Chiladito. 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 <laughs> That's it. But the, the journey to, to processing... Um, and many farmers don't opt to do that. Is that where also part of the value, value mm. lies? That's where part of the, that's where the value lies. Yeah. Actually, not even part of it. That's where the, the value lies. Mm. Um, any, any bit of value addition that a farmer can do on their produce will fetch them a better price. Okay. Um, so in, in my case, also, again, uh, having learned a few things in the, in the food space, like, oh my gosh, so if this, chili pepper is bended a bit it can actually be thrown away you mm. know if it's not doesn't meet a certain diameter also it's not going to be taken you know so there are specs 
So you have to meet the spec. If you don't meet the spec, then sorry for you, we're not going to take the project. Yeah. So I had to look for alternative ways to use the produce. And chili for me was, I love chili. I come from a background of um, being a franchisee for a restaurant uh, chain. And we used to serve this chili, you know how it's always served with just olive oil and that's it. It's like, uh, really, come on, there's so many <laughs> things you can do to, to chili. So I started mixing it up with a couple of other things and for it not to kill the taste of food, but to yes. enhance it. Yes. And I got it right. And people started asking for more and asking for more. And my grandfather used to send sacks and sacks of chili bags from Winterfell to say, hey, myself and my neighbors have grown these things. We went to the market. We didn't fetch a good price for the past week. So just take it and do something with it. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, okay, now I have to do something with it. But taking it back to them and saying, look, it's now in a bottle. It's got a label. This is you know, what, what the chili is, is doing out there in Johannesburg. People yes. are buying it. This is what they are saying about it. That was awesome because now they look in their faces to see that. And, and that's how we started getting into communities and say, you can actually start with one hectare. We'll give you the seeds. We'll give you the fertilizer. We'll give you the irrigation, everything that you need. Mm-hmm. And we'll buy it back from you, all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like, huh? So that's guaranteed. Like it's guaranteed. You just have to make sure the quality is right. And then we'll come and we'll buy. We'll even collect. Yes. And that's how Made with Rua started. So I always say Chila Dido is the mother of Made with Rua. <laughs> it came, <laughs> it came to, first. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but also that farmers need to uh, plant in greater diversity, mm. like uh, crops that yield or that will give them the greatest value. But part of your TED talk, um, you said that you do your farming in a dress, in a skirt, so that there's no confusion about what it, you want to affirm your place and say, I am here. I am here as a young. Okay, you didn't like the my choice of the word young. I'm still young. You can go ahead. You're the only one who can see me right now, right? <laughs> <laughs> that I'm young. I'm black. I'm wo- I'm woman, and this needs to change. It really needs to change. Um, we have to give credit where it's due. Yeah. If you drive around everywhere in 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 most of these farms, who's bending there? Who's weeding there? Sometimes even with babies on their backs. So for me, is to it's to honor those ladies, it's to honor those women, those that came before me, those that are working this path with me now, and the ones that are still to come. I, I take my daughter with me and to see, you know, um, this, is, this is it. But now we have opportunities to not only be in the fields mm. as women. I mean, our current Minister of Agriculture is a woman. So now we can actually move into even more influential spaces in the industry, um, in factories, in agro-processing, in labs. You know, we can fly drones. We can, the other day I was coming from Cape Town and I was, I was flying, it was a female pilot, you know, pilot in the plane. And I looked down and I say, I'm, I'm in this transformed space, but I'm looking down to an untransformed space. Mm-hmm. How sad, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so, but, but that was like a very um, empowering moment for me. And it's like, wow, this is actually a very powerful, if only I had a picture that could take both <laughs> at the same time, you know? Yes. Yeah, but that's that. To say women now have opportunities to, to I mean, chefs. I, I also, I work with chefs mm-hmm. that... that um, a female that take the produce from the farmers and, you know, there's a, a cancer uh, home that we work with and they help them, you know, create meals out of very fortified um, food that they wouldn't normally get uh, or ingredients that they wouldn't normally get uh, access to. Yes. Um, so that, so to just say, you know what, um, women have been at this for 
forever, since the beginning of time, we've been doing it and we are still doing it and we have a voice. Mm. And for those that cannot come on radio like myself, those in Makapanstad and all the other rural villages, I am here for that and I'm here for you. Okay, yes. besides the fact that I have calves and a bum and jeans don't look good on me, that <laughs> well, uh, the dresses are here to stay, you know, and they are here to, as a reminder, you know, when I'm, on top of that pig, because I, I, you know, I, 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 I'm. You have to get in there. I have to get in there. Yes, I have, I have to, to catch dirty. it. I have to get my hands dirty, and I'm going to do it in a dress, just as a reminder that I hold you, you know, in my heart. I, I'm with you every step of the way, and I am doing this just so women don't ever have to struggle again in this industry. Yes. You sit in boardrooms, you negotiating prices. You're the only female. Never mind the fact that you are black, but you're the only, only woman mm-hmm. there. And every time you speak, it's like my game you must recognize that like come again you know so but that is also to to say uh -uh, this is 2019 this is the 21st century it's different Mm -hmm. um so this is a reminder in case you know my voice didn't remind you my look should remind you yeah 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 we wanted to honor you and say well done thank you um and really greater success wishing you greater success leko thank you so much Aza. thank you so it's called made with um made with rural and the chili is at spa right yeah. i've got a question some here. few spas Couple, uh, some yeah. of them but they can go on the website the details are there in terms of like contact details then okay. i can direct them in yeah all right okay so fundi wants to know it's like i want to support yes please <laughs> where do we get it <laughs> all right it was a pleasure to have you here Leoko, and Thanks. all of the best and so that was Leoko, fellow tedx johannesburg speaker made with rural is the company that she founded a platform that does uh, that tackles some of the issues we've just ventilated in this conversation but as she says her chili business was the beginning of it all um and this isn't just about her but the people that she comes from and those that she represents and embodies